Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream, where we continue the conversation from Sunday's message at Catalyst Christian Church. Join myself, John Kelly, and Donovan Gregory right now as we take the message a little deeper and a little more personal. Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream. My name is John Kelly. I'm the Minister of Engagement here at Catalyst Christian Church. And today we are going to be talking about Dave's sermon. But before we get into that, just a real quick stuff I want to share with you. We've got a men's breakfast and cleanup coming up on October 30th. That's going to be at 8 a.m. in the basement here at Catalyst. Uh, we have a lot of things around the building that need to be taken care of. And so we want to get that stuff cleaned up and uh, get this place looking good as we head into the winter months. Uh, also coming up on, sat- on Saturday, October 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is the Indestructible Marriage Retreat Conference. Uh, it's going to be an awesome couple couple hours that we're going to have here. Uh, that cost per couple is $25. That's not cost per person. That's cost per couple. Uh, it is $15 if you can only watch it online. You'll just need to make sure you sign up at CatalystChristian.net for that, and we will have child care uh, available for that as well. Um, also, uh, if you're interested in joining a community group, just contact David Kibler, our senior minister, about that. He's heading up all of our community group uh, ministry, and all you have to do is shoot him an email, and he will get you connected with a community group. I know I genuinely love and enjoy mine. Also, if you aren't doing anything on Tuesday mornings between 7 and 9 a.m., come on out to Mono's Coffee. We are going to be out there pretty much every Tuesday morning, just a bunch of us hanging out, uh, talking, sharing uh, discussing important things and not important things, but more than anything, just enjoying fellowship and really good coffee. So feel free to join us out there any Tuesday for that. Uh, with that said, we're going to get into our discussion today. And of course, as always, I want to bring in my cohort in crime, Mr. Donovan Gregory. What's up? How's it going, man? It's good, man. It's going. It's going good. It's yeah. going real good. So it is Wednesday. So this is like a double whammy for you, right? Like you, uh, you have this, and then you got youth group tonight, correct? Yeah, it's pretty fun. My Wednesdays are pretty full, so I, I enjoy it so far. Uh, well, I appreciate you teaching me on these Wednesdays and, and expanding. Uh, I mean, somebody my... has to. I know, man. It's so bad. <laughs> Do you have a cup of coffee? I'm, I've got my coffee ready here. I got a cup of coffee. Got the catalyst mm. facing out so everybody knows. Well, I, I've got my catalyst, but it's it's getting old, so mine is kind of like <laughs> it's getting rough. It doesn't even say Christian Church anymore on it, so – it's it's been through it. It's yeah. been through it. But uh we're in the midst of a series that we've been doing for a while uh called Culture War. And uh this past week Dave talked about a series or, or his sermon was entitled One Nation Under God. And we talked about basically um the main thing was that a people who forget their past have no future. And today what I want to do, and like we've been doing with a lot of this series, is I want to take it now from the macro or the big picture and bring it and personalize it down to the person and and just basically people who forget their past have no future. Uh, and, and talk about how in our own faith, if we aren't intentional about our faith, if we aren't remembering where we came from, what God brought us out of, Mm -hmm. Uh, how that can really mess up our future as believers. And so I figured the best way to do this today was to talk about the story of Paul. And so we're going to be taking uh, the story of Paul and his conversion and kind of talking about that, how that is similar to us as we become Christians. Uh, And we're going to take all of this from Acts chapter 9. So uh, I'll go ahead and start reading through some of this, and we're going to keep the discussion going. If you're online right now, why don't you let us know you're here and where you're from? 
Uh, it's always nice to see where people are from. Uh, Elsie Kibler, we found out that you watch pretty much every week and you never, ever comment or tell us you're here. So if you're here, tell us you're here. Uh, we'd love to know where you're coming from. Uh, let's start with verse one. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And I want to say the way is what they called the Christians back then. There wasn't the, ter the term Christian wasn't what they were really called at that point. Um, it was called the way. And so here's Paul. And he is working in opposition to the gospel in the church. Um, Paul or Saul, I guess at the time, uh, he was somebody who uh, was a big deal in the church. Hey, we got Andrew Dawson. We've got Elevate Christian Church represented right here. <laughs> what a bunch of and weird I feel like Drew should be in here teaching this, you know, like yeah. Drew's a smart guy. So, um, but we see, we see Paul or Saul at the time, uh, He's working in opposition to the church. He's he's doing this this awful thing of of arresting Christians, having them imprisoned. He's had Christians stoned. Um, I think. Oh, look at this. We've got we have literally <laughs> the upper ministry staff of Elevate Christian Church in here. If Lisa Sarah is in this, then I, I just I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. It's just awesome that they're in here. I mean, they got to um, learn from someone, so why not us? There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shoot. Ringo Woods is in here. Ringo, what's up, man? Elevates all over this. Holy cow. That's great. Um, so, anyways, back to what we we're talking about. Saul's working in opposition <laughs> to the church. Um, and and he's, he's actively trying to hurt the way. He's actively trying to hurt the people who are following what they called the way. And he goes on in verse three and says, as he neared Damascus on his jersey, journey, not on his jersey, um, he suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are or who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting, he said. Now get up and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. So now we come to the point where uh, Saul is actually encountering Christ. And uh, I, I think that for all of us, we, we start out in opposition to Christ. We start out in opposition to, uh, to God's call. Then there comes a point when we encounter Christ, which is what happens with Saul. Um, obviously, not all of us are walking down a road where we're going to go persecute Christians. And all of a sudden, a shining light blinds us and uh, the voice of Jesus himself speaks to us. Um <laughs> At least not audibly like that. That's not the typical thing. But that's what, that's what happens to Saul. He encounters Christ. And he goes on and says, Lord, oh, this is a, uh, let me preface what we're about to talk about now. So Saul's got a reputation, right? Yep. Saul's got a reputation. He is, he is known for being somebody who uh, actively opposes the way, who actively opposes uh, the followers of Christ himself and uh, does not believe that Christ is the son of God because that's not what they were taught in the synagogues and everything. And so, so he is, he is actively opposed to all of this. So God calls Ananias and says, I want you to go meet up with Paul in Damascus. Ananias was not crazy about this idea. 
for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it says, Lord Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he comes, he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So he is not excited at this point because God is asking him to do something that is life threatening, that is risking um, being arrested, potentially his friends being arrested, potentially the people around him that he loves the most being arrested. Uh, yep. And here's this guy, and I'm supposed to go talk to this guy. I mean, I won't lie to you. I would be questioning God a little bit on that. Sounds, you know, utterly terrifying. It sounds utterly terrifying. Yeah. And, and, and so God's response is this. Go. And I love how there's an exclamation point there. Go. <laughs> this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And so basically he tells Ananias, you're doing this. I want you to go right now. You're doing this. So don't fight me on it. Don't argue with me. This is your job right now. But the problem is, as with a lot of us, especially if you're living in a small town and you've been pretty notorious with your sin, um, is that your story goes before you. Yep. Saul's story went before him. People knew when Saul was coming to town, if you were a Christ follower, this is the time when you hide. This is the time when you try and, and protect yourself and your family and your loved ones. And so that's what that's what the story is for a lot of uh, people who are struggling with maybe drug abuse or mm -hmm. dealing with anger issues or any a number of other things. Uh, the people who know you know your story. And so there is pause and there's nervousness about being around you. And so that was Saul's story. All these people are nervous to be around him. Um but Ananias comes, he meets with Saul, he teaches Saul. And in verse 18, if we skip down, it says immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Upon learning about Christ, basically Saul gives his life over to Christ. So when he learns that this whole time I've been misguided, I've been misdirected, I've been doing the wrong thing, the response for him was now I am going to give my life over to Christ. And he was baptized. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't give any number of days here as to how long it took him to regain his strength. Uh, but it says for three days he didn't eat or drink anything. Mm -hmm. So my guess is when Ananias came to him, he was pretty weak and and, and probably struggling at that point. Ah, uh, What's up, Julio? Julio's in here today. Um, so I guess... What I want to do now is that, that's kind of the backstory. That's kind of like where we're going to go from today. The story of Saul, he, he has a past. He lives through the past. He, he encounters Christ. He comes to Christ. He gives his life over to Christ. He begins a ministry. But a lot of people, a lot of people, they see that when I give my life to Christ, that's, that's when I got my ticket to heaven. Yeah. That's when, uh, that's when everything's good. At that point, we're good. But we all know that when we give our lives to Christ, that isn't the ending. It's the very beginning, and the journey is long and difficult. Um, let me ask you a question, and this is a question for everybody that's online. If you would want to answer this too, I'd love to hear your answers. But what did life feel like when you first became a Christian? Donovan, what was it like for you? I mean, life seemed like, I mean, sunshines and rainbows, really. Um, uh, 
when I was baptized, I was I was younger. So I mean, there was ebbs and flows to life. So when I was younger and that was baptized, it was you know the greatest moment of my life, at least then. I, I think I was seven or eight, something like that, and um, and I just was filled with joy and you know seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. I uh, went to school happy. Most of the kids I luckily went to school with at that age knew who Jesus was and was, were Christians. Um, and most of my friends were that too. But once you get to middle school and I, I met more people uh, who didn't know what Christ was, it definitely, I mean, it starts to get harder, but at the beginning, man, it was, I mean, you think you're floating on a cloud essentially. Yeah. It, and I, I, for me, it was the same thing. Uh, it was one of those things where when I first, when I first came to Christ, it was like, ultimate rejoicing, ultimate excitement. Everything was yeah. great. Everything was happy. I was like, the world just can't get any better. I feel all this love. I feel all this amazingness and I'm so happy. And and I think that's most people when they first come to Christ. I think there's a, there's a high of sorts, an endorphin rush that happens that um, you're doing something you know is right. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that uh, I guess you could say is, it, it feels like you're making a decision that is bigger than yourself. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things uh, where I don't know. It's just hard to describe. It's, it's like when you, when uh, we were talking about this earlier, like when yeah. you first, when you first start dating somebody, <clears throat> the honeymoon right? phase, Oh, the honeymoon phase. Yeah. You, you start dating. It's like you meet this girl and in girl's case, you meet this guy and uh, you you talk on the phone and all of a sudden it's like you can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk more and, and you end up talking like three and four in the morning. You, you know, usually this is like college or high school, you know, and you go to class the next day and you're exhausted, but you're so glad you're exhausted because you spent the whole night talking to this girl. Mm-hmm. And it's just this euphoric, excited, amazing thing. Um, and I, I really think that when you first become a Christian, it's very similar to that. It's this, you just fall in love with God and you're just so in love with him. And you're so excited because you've just, you've just publicly said, I'm giving you my life. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Um, April price. She said she felt pretty invincible when she came to Christ. Um, yeah, you really do. You feel invincible. You feel like you've got it all together, but inevitably with everyone who comes to Christ, there comes a point where it starts to become hard. Mm-hmm. So when did following Christ become hard? What about you, Donovan? When, when did it become hard for you? Um, it really got hard for me when, um, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but it, it got in the way of things that I wanted to do. Uh, it got in the way of friendships that I had. It got, um, people stopped being my friend or didn't talk to me um, or there's something I wanted to do on a Sunday, but I couldn't do it because we had church obligations. That's when it got hard is when it kind of hits real life. And um, I mean, it it gets in the way. Yeah. We got some stories of when people came to Christ, uh, Rob Harlemer, I got baptized and was called to ministry four months later. God ruined my life, but he follows it up with saying, I'm thankful now. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Ringo Woods, I got baptized in Salt River in Harrodsburg at a young age, and I felt like I was a new creation in Christ. Absolutely. Uh, Julio's reminiscing on his phone calls with Jessica, falling asleep <laughs> on the phone with her. Ah, <laughs> He goes, I fall asleep most times when I'm praying. <laughs> 
That's that's because Julio's uh, Julio prays way more than everybody else. He yeah. prays for hours and hours and hours. Um, and that's that's why he falls asleep when he's praying, because he's definitely praying more than the rest of us. Um now I would say for me it was very similar. I think uh I didn't grow up in the Bible belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like a lot of people down here. I grew up in upstate New York in northern Ohio, and um Christianity there wasn't as socially normal as it is here in Kentucky. And so real quick, (laughs) it's true. That's right. Julio is, is way better prayer than the rest of us. Um, (laughs) But not growing up in the Bible belt, I had a very different experience than a lot of people that I talked to down here in that going to church just wasn't why it's a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, And my dad was a preacher. So there was no winning for me on that. If you knew the things I wasn't invited to and the things that I wasn't allowed to be a part of, uh, it just, it, it really did separate me from other people. Mm-hmm. And I wanted so desperately, like most kids do, I wanted so desperately to fit in mm-hmm. and I wanted so desperately to, to be looked at not as different. I just wanted mm-hmm. to be like everybody else. And I think that was for me when it started to get difficult was when I realized that if I'm going to be serious about Christ, all of a sudden I can't, I can't be like everybody else. I have to be different. And I didn't want to be different. I was a kid. And uh, I, for me, that was a hard thing. Um, I know for a lot of adults, um, and if you guys want to chime in on this too, if you're online, chime in on this. But uh, fitting in is a big deal to people, even as adults. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> Andrew Dawson, I got baptized when I was eight so I could drink juice <laughs> with the other kids. Now it's about the bread, the bread of life. Look at that. Look at that wordplay. Um I really like what Rob said because I mean, he—I mean, he's being like kind of silly, but kind of serious at the same time. Like when when if you're called into some ministry, whether it's full time too, um, which could also like ruin your life um, to an extent. Because like for me, I wanted to be a sports journalist, and then all of a sudden, I hated school and dropped. You out want of to UK. be a sports journalist? Yeah, that's what my major was, sports journalism. You, you know what's funny is I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I was hysteric. my goal yeah, was to be funny. on ESPN. I, yeah. I wanted to be on ESPN when I was in high school. I was like my goal. Yeah. So that's really yeah. funny. I knew I liked you. <laughs> but so, I, I mean, I I um, can feel for that. Sorry, not silly. You're being funny, I guess, is the word. He's weird with his words. For people man. listening on the podcast, uh, Rob also replied with the phrase, I'm never silly. Yeah, well, that man and his and his love of different and hatred of different words. <laughs> Real quick tangent: I could never use the word "cute" with Rob because he said nothing he did was cute, and it just I would always go out of my way to make sure I told him he he did if when he did something it was cute all the time. All Rob, the everything time. Rob does is cute. Everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to go along with what you were saying, though. It's yeah. The idea that God kind of wrecks what the rest of the world says is a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, he he takes what is considered a good life and he destroys it because that's not a good life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my community group was meeting last night. And we were talking about the ideas of freedom and liberty. And we were talking about the fact that when I followed Christ, I became much more free. Mm-hmm. People say, well, now you have to follow all the rules and you have to do this and you have to do that. And you know, I always say it's funny when single guys try to tell married guys 
what the good life is. Yeah. Because these single guys are like, oh, you're so strapped down. You don't, you got nothing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like going, I actually kind of really enjoy my life. I have love and affection. Yeah, I don't, I'm not looking for anybody. I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm in a relationship and it's a great one. And I get a family and I get to come home to that family every single day. Uh, You're still trying to figure out where you're going. Mm -hmm. When I came to Christ, suddenly everything came into focus. I wasn't trying to find meaning because I found my meaning. My meaning was in Christ. And I didn't have to find uh, direction because my direction was in Christ. And suddenly I just had to stay in that lane and it became much easier to live. It's when I start trying to search outside of that is where I actually lose my freedom because then I become a slave to things. Um, Julio, when when you're following Christ, path set before you, it's been very hard of late. Yeah, it can be really hard sometimes. It definitely can. Um, I, I want to go on. And say, I, I think one of the things that everybody struggles with, and even more now than ever, uh, maybe it's because of social media, but it's it's the culture of cool. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to to look right, dress right, make cool videos, you know, have the right food pictures on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, you know, it's like, Everybody wants so desperately to be accepted. And when I was talking to my community group last night, one of the things we were talking about was we have this guy, Jeff, who's there. And Jeff's uh, a Northeastern guy uh, from New England states. Uh, we, We have myself, this guy that grew up in New York, upstate or upstate New York, Northern Ohio, uh, has done ministry in Wisconsin and has lived in Kentucky for over 20 years. We've got uh, Travis Salee, who grew up in Nicholasville his whole life. Um, and then you've got Sean Ely, who was in the, who was there. And Sean grew up in Cynthiana, Kentucky, uh, pretty much raised by his mom. Um, all different lifestyles, right? All different places. And in the regular world, the four of us would probably never hang out. Mm-hmm. But because of Christ, we can come together and we, we're friends. And and now being in community together with other community groups, we're family, you know. And that doesn't happen if uh, if you're focusing yourself on on trying to fit in or trying to be cool. When you when you focus on Christ and you focus on holiness and you focus on righteousness, uh, it's amazing how you find yourself attracted to other people who are doing the same. Mm-hmm. And your community is so much deeper. Let me ask this question. What roadblocks do people face? Not dough people face. Apparently, I don't know how to spell today. So There's not a type. Yeah, no. it's it's really. I can't make fun of you, though. So. What roadblocks do people face? What are some things that happen uh, as we continue in our faith that um, can be roadblocks along the way? Uh, the big one that came to my head real, real quick was the loss of like friends and family. So if you're, you know, one of the only family members who comes to Christ and everybody else is just like, Oh, you're going to worship the funny fake sky God. Like you're, you're weird for that and kind of shun you out of the family. Um, you can, you can lose family and then you can also lose friends over the same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's the big one that came to my head quickly. And then, uh, I mean, your, your hobbies, like, like I played soccer growing up. So I, um, Sundays, if there was a game, 
you I had to choose where you go to church or did you go play in the game? Because I wanted to go to college and play soccer. So if I missed the game, then there's a chance that I missed an opportunity to be seen to go to college. But if I missed church, then I missed church. Like there's more there too. Yeah, and I think I think it comes back to the whole trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. I, I really think whether people ever want to admit it or not, that is the biggest struggle. Even as ministers, like if you like every minister who works in the church will tell you there are the cool ministers and then there's the normal ministers. Yeah. And everybody wants to fit in with those cool ministers. You want to be like, you know, the Andy Stanleys and the, uh, you know, and you want to fit in with like the Louis Giglio and you want to fit in with Francis Chan and, uh, you know, all there's these just big name guys. It's just like, Oh, I want to be so much like them. I want to fit in. I want to be able to hang out with those guys. And, and so you, you shift on how you look and you shift on how you teach. And it ends up being this really weird thing where there's a culture of cool within ministry. And it's just kind of an awkward, Mm -hmm. awkward place, but that's in everything. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that to like downplay anything, but like, it's, it's the fact that there's always this culture of cool mm-hmm. and everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to look right. Everybody wants to sound right and do mm-hmm. the right music. And when it comes right down to it, it's, uh, it's, it's really something that can cause, cause a struggle. Uh, Andrew Dawson says, when I get discouraged for something, testosterone on a live stream or when your boss is too hard on you. For those That's who missed last week, I asked uh, Donovan if he had COVID, and he said no, he got tested, and it was a negative testosterone. So uh, I will say that um, let's just say there was a there was a text stream going through that was uh, <laughs> giving Donovan kind of a hard time about that. Yeah. Um, if you're an adult, it's putting Christ first. Your family is the most um, is the most your family is the most haters other than employer. That, May Julia, if you can explain that a little bit to me, I'm kind of confused by that sentence a little bit, but if you want to kind of explain that, that would be great. Uh, April, I definitely miss having friends around all the time. They may not have been the best friends, but they were there. That's a big one. Can I just, can I just, can we stick with this one for just a second? Cause that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Cause you mentioned it too. When you become a Christian, there are certain people you just don't hang out with anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's good that you don't hang out with them, but that doesn't take away the hurt you feel by not being around them anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think we talk about that enough sometimes. Like I had some real, I've had some really good friends over the years who I just couldn't be friends with anymore because they were kind of killing my soul to some degree, you know, Mm -hmm. but I I wanted so badly um, to, to stay friends with them, but I couldn't because it wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Um, April, that's a that's a fantastic statement. I think a lot of people who are listening right now probably uh, would agree with you on that. That there are friends that we miss, mm-hmm. and and all I can say is pray for those friends. Um, if there's one thing that's been pretty awesome for me as of like the last year or two, is uh, starting to reconnect with friends from high school and finding out they're now heavily involved in their churches and they have belief that they didn't have in high school, and so now we have that in common. And that's really cool. That's like something that's pretty awesome that, that I, I'm, I'm experiencing now, which I love. Uh, Rob Harlemer, doing things for self. That is a huge roadblock. Huge roadblock. When everything becomes self-absorbed, all about me. Um, I, was, I was listening to the Locker Room podcast from Southland's Men's Ministry. And one of the statements that he made, which I loved, was 
something that people keep saying that is is very wrong is do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. No, that's not really true necessarily. Uh, it's not do what makes you happy. It's do what glorifies God. Yep. And find your happiness in that. And uh, when we we get to a point where everything is about ourselves and everything is about us, it's really hard to uh, be centered the way we need to be. And that can become a major roadblock for us. Uh, okay, Julio says, I missed out on some great opportunities here of late because I profess my Christianity and my obligations to church, which will always come first. Uh, and then family that doesn't share your beliefs in Christ will ridicule you and point out your faults. That is true. I, I, I do want to say, I've, I've, I can't say his name because I, I don't know if he wants me to share this, like, as far as, like, his name and everything. But a good friend of mine has parents that have never been believers, who have never professed Christ in their lives. But recently he's been posting a lot of scripture and posting a lot of things on Facebook and, and social media. And his parents have started reposting it, which is really cool. You know, sometimes getting people to come along with you on this journey can take time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus didn't disciple the disciples in three weeks. It was three years. Um, you want to talk about a master class and a really cool college course to be in. Uh, following Jesus 101, you know, that's yeah. basically what they had. And uh, it's just one of those things like the the roadblock of friends and family is a hard one. It's a really hard one because uh, we want we want the people who we consider blood to be who we're closest to. But sometimes that's not possible. Even even Jesus said, I, I came to bring a sword and I'm dividing mother from daughter, father from son. Um, not because he wants us to like hate our families, but because uh, he just wants us to love him so much that that becomes the all important relationship. Uh, don't recall, recall a lot of scripture about following Jesus, making people happy. However, there are a lot of, there's lots about joy, which is very different. Yes. 100% agree with that. Andrew, 100%. Am I supposed to call you Andrew or Drew? I've always called you Drew. But you got this like really proper name now on on YouTube, and it's like really confusing. So do I call you Drew or do I call you Andrew? Let me know because I want to make sure I call you by the right name. I know when Rob oh, made up name, like Rob Harlemer, when he first came to Catalyst, we all knew him in high school as Robbie, but we had Robbie Woolams in the youth group, so we we started calling Rob Rob because we already had a Robbie, and so yeah, some names. Anyways, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Let's get back to this. <laughs> What are some other things that are roadblocks, man? You and I were talking about this yesterday, and you kind of mentioned some stuff that you talked about in your community group. What was uh, what's what's another big roadblock that people face? Um, we talked about in our community group negative or positive roadblocks, um, as counterintuitive as that sounds, but like spending too much time with family. Um, maybe your family does have a lot of the same beliefs. Um, spending too much time with them and not having enough time alone with God and or like in a relationship, spending too much time with that person in the relationship. Um, even even if your conversations are biblical, you still need that alone time with God to strengthen your relationship with him. Yeah, um, we've got a battle going on now. I'm a real minister now, not a student minister. So I go by Andrew now. Okay, and Rob says he's wrong. He's Drew. So I'm just going to call you Mr. Dawson. I'm going to make you feel like an Mr. old man. Dawson. I'm just going to call you Mr. Dawson. Um, <laughs> uh, you also mentioned something else like that. I kind of want to make sure we, we talk about a little bit. 
Oh, what did um, I mention? My brain doesn't work. You know I even made a, I even made a whole question on this. Oh, based off of you. So I you know what know. this is. Just yeah. our idols individually, um, like what we idolize. Again, it could be video games. It could be sports. It could be. Um, I mean, it could be serving, but if it negatively affects your relationship, in my in my uh, opinion, if it negatively affects your relationship with God, then it's then it's an idol. If it gets in the way of that relationship. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I, I remember when I was a kid, I would want to volunteer in the nursery. I would mm-hmm. help teach. I'd be a teaching assistant for two and three year olds. I helped in junior church. You know why I did all that, Donovan? So you didn't have to go to big church. Exactly. That was the whole reason I did all that stuff. It was not because of anything spiritual. It was because I didn't want to listen to my dad preach. Yeah. Because my dad was my dad, and I saw him every single day, and I heard him talk every single day, and I didn't <laughs> want to go listen to a sermon. Yep. Um, those things were all good things, but they weren't necessarily good for my faith. Um, and for some of us, we, I think you nailed something with this idol talk, you know, idols. Because Dave talked about it in the sermon this week when he talked mm-hmm. about um, in Israel all the Baal worship that had been going on in the Asherah poles and all the things that were happening. And I think it's important to realize that a lot of times we build up those idols. We build up those idols. Um, oh, well said, Don. <laughs> Remember that reference about sucky bosses? Oh, my. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that there's there's a lot of things that we start doing that become more than spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they become over-spiritual. Maybe they become an idol of sorts. Uh, I know people that have held ministers in such high regard that when the minister falls, their faith fails because their faith wasn't in God. Their faith mm-hmm. was in the minister. Um, here's some good ones. Uh, TV even become comes an obstacle as well as Facebook and video games. <laughs> and who says, yes, I said Facebook. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, social media can be a huge idol. There are a lot of people that live and die based on social media posts. If I don't get enough likes, if I don't get enough comments, they just yep. lose their minds. Uh, so let me ask the question for everybody. What are your idols? What are the things that um, in your lifetime have been placed a little too high? I mean, we live in central Kentucky, so we know the Kentucky Wildcats is an issue for some people. I lived <laughs> in Ohio, and I can tell you the Ohio State Buckeyes were. Uh, Ringo, alcohol. I used to devote my game room to this bail sanctuary in my old home where I used to invite everyone to. Yeah, I mean, alcohol in and of itself is not evil. Mm-hmm. But when alcohol becomes an idol or alcohol becomes something that we overindulge in, it can ruin your life. And uh, it can definitely walk you away from Christ. Uh, absolutely. That's a great comment, Ringo. What are some other idols? What are some other things that, that people struggle with? What about you, man? What were some idols that you dealt with? Um, I mean, I, like I said, I played soccer. So high school, I played soccer year-round, literally year-round. I think I had three weeks of a break in total because I wanted to play college soccer, which thankfully I was able to do that, even though it ended abruptly, but I still was able to do it. But, um, I mean, that was something I put above everything. Um and then there was a time – I still play a lot of video games, but there's a time, and it probably still happens every once in a while, where I'm playing – like, I'm bored. So let's hop on the computer and play some video games. Rather, I should be, you know, 
praying or reading or studying or whatever it is. But I'm just like, man, eh, that stuff doesn't matter. I can just do that later. And I, you know, spend six hours on Minecraft mining a tunnel. So. <laughs> no, that's. You're not the only person that struggles with that. That yeah. is that is a huge struggle for a lot of people these days. Uh, April Price, I idolize attention often. You know, April, you're probably not the only person that deals with that. No. I would say that that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people. That's a big one for a lot of people. Um, attention is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I know for me, man, like I grew up in Ohio and uh, where basketball is such a big deal here in Kentucky, uh, football is everything in Ohio. And so I grew up an Ohio State fan, a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, when I worked in Wisconsin, my office up there uh, was literally a shrine to the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. Like, man, I can't even tell you. Every, I mean, had banners up, pictures, signs, you know. I've got a few now, but it's nothing like – I mean, yeah. it was bad. And I, I was – there were times where if the Browns would lose a game, which happened a lot because I'm a Browns fan, um, you're not wrong. I, I would be so devastated and it would ruin days at a time for me because I was living and dying by this stupid game. And I, yeah. I, I say stupid. I love football. I still love football. I still watch football every week. But, you know, like this past week, my kids, we wanted to go to a pumpkin patch and take the kids. Well, the best time to go was during the Ohio State game. So I didn't watch Ohio State. Did I, did I miss the game? Sure, but it was a lot more fun being with my kids. It was a lot more fun doing that. And if there's a church event, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to skip the game. But I've worked in churches where elders' meetings got rescheduled because there was a UK game on. Yeah. Where the UK basketball team was more important than the church's well-being. There's, there's something to be said for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Drew Dawson. Being a, I'm sorry, Mr. Dawson, being a pro athlete was mine. I did whatever I could do to run from what called me to do for a time. That should say what God called me to do. Yeah. I I did the same thing, Mr. Dawson. I did the exact same thing. God called me to youth ministry right out of high school. I went to Bible college and I changed my major four times, trying not to do youth ministry. And then I joined a Christian rock band because that was ministry. And, uh, God made that fall apart. It never worked because I, I wanted, I didn't want to do what God wanted me to do. And I, I ran and ran and ran, uh, people viewing me in high regard. I would say there's a lot of people that, that there are a lot of people that's important. They want to be seen as somebody to be looked up to. Um, yeah, that's a good one. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. Why do nationalities and pastors have a day or month? I don't know. No clue. I don't do the calendar. I just kind of... uh, I don't do the calendar. (laughs) I don't don't do the calendar. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. Um, Yeah. But but what are some... some, I mean, what are some other idols? What are some things that people struggle with? Um, I used to come to church angry when UK would lose a game on Saturday night, quickly realized it was an idol. Yeah. Right there with you, Mr. Dawson. Yeah. Right there with you. It's uh, he's, he's going to keep posting stuff just so I keep calling him Mr. Dawson. Probably. Uh, probably. I, probably. I love, I love these. Cause they're, you know, like we talked, they're not negative things in our lives. We just 
have turned them. They're positive things. Like it's not a terrible thing to be a fan of a sport team, as we like to call it here, sport ball team. Sport ball. Um, or like, I mean, Rob viewing people, him having him having the the need to have people view him in high regard, which isn't a negative thing. It's just when it takes over your life. It, so yeah, Drew, you said, <laughs> "Dang, I've been caught." <laughs> uh, you know, here, and I want to go along with what you just said. I, I think everything is power. I think everything is about power. And and follow me on this. I, and I mean, what what its power is in us, like over us. Mm-hmm. And I think when we give too much power to outside forces that are not the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. it's going to become an idol. I let my love for college and pro football be the guiding force almost in my life where my mood, my day, um, all of it was devastated because of a a silly game. And I mean, it's just a game. And the eternal ramifications of the Browns losing to the Steelers, while awful, um, there is no eternal ramifications. I I was listening to uh, Lamar Jackson. He's the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens the other day, uh, celebrating their win and said, God was on our side. And I laughed audibly. (laughs) Like my wife was sitting there. If she's listening right now, she needs to back me up on this because I died laughing. And I laughed for like five minutes about it because I was like, God couldn't give a rip about your football game. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't care. Like, I'm sure he cares about the individuals playing, but he doesn't give a rip about who wins the Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts game. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't care who wins the Browns game. And that hurts my feelings to think about, but it's the truth. (laughs) So, but, but it really, I mean, he doesn't care about that stuff, but when that stuff has that kind of power over your life, that's where things become hard. So now what I want to do is I want to come back to that main thing that we talked about at the beginning. Let me pull that back up so everybody can see it. Um, People who forget their past have no future. So how do these things cause us to forget our past? How do these things, these idols, how do they cause us to lose track of where we came from? What do you think about that, Donovan? Well, I mean plain and simple they just get in the way um which can make us forget things because we'll you know focus on that thing um more than we probably would what what we came from so like when we're baptized and we have those rose-colored glasses like that was what's in the moment that's you know that amazing joy we feel and then something else comes and then we're in that moment and that causes us i feel like we get in the moment a lot as humans and that's what makes us forget um, at least maybe just for the time being, but we still forget where we came from our, our past. We still forget the past. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you on that. Um, I would, I would say um, we are, we have short memories. Mm. I think people in general have short memories. Uh somebody could do something amazing for you for years, like all the time doing amazing things for you, always looking out for you, always doing great things for you, but you tick them off once and they can write you off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've watched families where, um, a daughter refuses to, uh, speak to her father anymore 
because he did something she didn't like. Mm-hmm. She forgets the 30 or 40 years where he raised her and loved her and cared for her and provided for her. But one thing ends it, yep. you know, and, and with our faith, a lot of times, uh, you know, when we think back to when we first became Christians and that, that honeymoon phase, as you were calling it earlier, uh, how awesome was that? <clears throat> but when things get hard, we start to forget that. Yeah. When things get hard, we forget, oh man, Christ pulled me out of fill in the blank. Yep. You know, Christ changed my life. Christ improved my life. Christ has given me hope. But we get so caught up in the present. We get so caught up in where we are that we don't, we, I guess we put on blinders. We can't really see what's happening around us or what's happened before because we're so focused on where we are right now. Um, I, I think I, I think about depression a lot with people. And uh, this last year with COVID, the thing that really hurt people wasn't necessarily the disease. And I'm talking people as a whole. I'm not talking about the people who were hurt by COVID. I mean, my family was hurt by COVID. Um, you know, my wife has a medical condition now due in part to COVID. Um, but is my video just kind of weird right now? Is it not moving? It is not moving. Oh, boy. Who knows what's going on? Hang on a second. Please wait for the technical difficulties. Oh, you're back. My wife was calling me just now. Don't. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Um, let me get this all set back up here. Uh, we get so caught up in the moment. We get so caught up in, in right now that mm-hmm. we lose... We lose track of what's going on mm-hmm. and uh, we can get so caught up in, in where we are. And I think with COVID what's happened is people isolated so much. And when you isolate and you pull yourself away from the people around you, um, you end up uh, thinking the worst. It's very rare that people isolate and they think the best about the people around them. It's mm-hmm. usually typically the, the opposite of that. It's usually, um, they get a little freaked out about what's going on and they think that because they're not around everybody else, everybody else is thinking the worst about them. And so it turns into this like depression circle of sorts. Um, it's, it's really, really dangerous. And mm-hmm. a lot of people get themselves in that spot. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got to be uh, finding ways to get around uh the distraction of all is mm-hmm. really important. For some reason, I am out of focus now. I'm not sure what the deal is with that, but there we go. There you We're go. Uh, I also uh, feel like there's a whole mentality sometimes of um, I know what's best for myself, even when we're talking to God. Like we don't see what the future has, but we know we know what we know what's best for ourselves. I'm 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 me. So like we have that sensation of no, I'm not going to do that because it won't work out for me in the end when in all reality, it probably would. And then you do something else and then spirals down from there too. Yeah. Here's, here's a good one. This is uh Ringo said, Dave once said, uh, we cannot handle blessings. I just get accustomed to this. And when I forget about the blessings in general, I get discouraged. Um, that's right. I mean, sometimes it gets so good that we take good for granted. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we really do like community groups. I think community groups are one of the greatest things ever created. Just the idea of meeting with people who are like-minded, who, uh, who are on the same path you're on and trying and, and growing with those people. Sometimes we can take that for granted and we can look, we can, uh, forget how good it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking today when you date, you start dating somebody, you're doing everything for them. You, mm-hmm. you love it. Everything's good. And then you start getting comfortable. And then as you get comfortable, maybe you're not opening doors as much. Yeah. You know, maybe you're not going out of your way to do things for each other as much as you used to. Um, is it because you don't love each other? No, but you kind of take for granted that stuff. Yeah. And you, you kind of forget all of that. So let me ask the question as we start to wrap things up. Why is it so important to remember where we came from? I feel like we we need to know or remember where we came from so we can um, always lean back, especially when we do get discouraged. We can look back and be like, oh, this isn't the worst. I could you know, not know Jesus and be damned doomed to go to hell forever um but right now i'm just not able to pay rent but i'm sure you know what i mean like yeah so uh, when we remember the past um we use it to better understand you hopefully better understand what we're currently going through yeah and i think too it's it's important to remember i think i i think people should always go back and look at their wedding pictures mm-hmm I think it's it's very important that people go back and look at their wedding pictures so they can remember this was the beginning. We were so in love. It was all new. It was all exciting. And uh, remembering that because that is that's the place where we found this joy, where it all started and where we were ex- we were excited. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew. Uh, so that we can help other, lead others out of the spot we used to be in. That's a great thing too. Yeah. It, it makes us much more relatable. You know, I, I love Ringo's story. Um, if you, if you don't know Ringo, Ringo goes to elevate. Uh, he was, a, he was a catalyst and he's now part of that team. That's, that's planted elevate. He's out there helping them. And, and uh, Ringo has been through it in his lifetime. And it's been awesome to watch him grow in his faith. And I hope I'm not embarrassing him by saying this, but he's been a real inspiration because he has fallen. He's had, he made mistakes along the way, but he didn't stay there. And that's, that's pretty awesome. And he says here, those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. I forgot who quoted this. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't, if you're not able to remember where you came from, it's really easy to slip back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things you and I also talked about is making sure we don't glorify our past. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people like to look back to all the awful things that they did and almost talk about it in a bragging sense. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me blush. <laughs> That's Mr. Dawson. You sorry, Mr. Dawson. Mm. I, I will say your name correctly. Uh, but sometimes we can hold that stuff up and almost prop it up as, a, as something to glorify ourselves. Yeah. Look what I came from. Look what I came out of. Yep. And that's not the point of remembering your past. The idea of remembering your past is so you don't repeat your past. Yeah. And so you remember what Jesus has done in your life. Yep. It is so important that we never lose sight of the blessings that God has given us through Christ. Um, 
And when we can remember those things and when we can be focused on it, God has brought me out of it. I need to stay out of it. That's huge. And I, I know like you look at Israel when they came out of slavery to Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. That means when they came to the promised land, there were 30 year olds that weren't even around for the first 10 years of wandering. Mm -hmm. So it became one of these things where people were forgetting where they came from because they never experienced it. When you think about that, that they get to the promised land, there were several who just didn't know where they came from. Mm -hmm. And if we're not actively telling people, Hey, this is where we come from. This is our heritage. Not even just like where we personally came out of, but where as, as a, as believers we came out of, we need to remember those things. We need to remember what Jesus did, not just what he did in us, but what he did, period. He died on a cross. He rose again. Yep. He gave us hope. He gave us a future. Those are things that we can't ever lose track of. And it's really important that we don't lose track of that heritage mm -hmm. that we have in Christ. And uh, anything else you want to add today? As they're no. calling I, Rob, Rob and Mr. Dawson have been calling you Don this whole time. Yeah, um, I don't know where that came from. I don't like I mean, it. It's easier to say than than Donnie. But it's not it's not my name. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't really care what people call me. So, so Donovan, full name Donovan. Donovan. Anything else you want to share today before we uh, sign um, off of here? I mean, no, not really. You kind of hit everything. Just don't glorify what you came from. I, I guess I. I've talked to Dave about this a lot too. Um, like when, when people give their testimonies and they don't glorify God, they're like, I came from this. I did this. But in all actuality, you're not, I mean, you did that. You put in the work, but you aren't the one who fully brought you out of that. It was God who did that. So I just, yeah. yeah glorifying our past and not glorifying God is something yeah. that is very important to me. Yeah, I 100% I agree with you on that. It's uh, We have to remember that we weren't the ones that pulled ourselves out. Mm -hmm. It was Christ that pulled us out. So great stuff, man. Great stuff. Real quick, just a few quick announcements. We got the men's breakfast and cleanup October 30th at 8 a.m. That's going to be in the basement here at Cattles. We're going to get this place cleaned up. Breakfast is free. That's how we're bribing you to come clean our property. So uh, come out, get some free breakfast, and we are going to load up the food for this thing. So don't think it's going to be one of those breakfasts where it's just a tiny little bit of food. We are going to have a feast that day. Uh, Five also, pancakes, October 20, 10 pieces of bacon. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Also, October 23rd, we've got the Indestructible Marriage event coming up Saturday, October 23rd from 10 to 2. Child care is available. Uh, you'll need to sign up at catalystchristian.net for that. If you're interested in joining a community group, please contact Dave Kibler about that. Uh, he's in charge, and he would love to have you in a community group. It really is the best thing we do at Catalyst by far. And uh, if you're not doing anything on Tuesdays, Donovan and I are hanging out at the uh, Monos Coffee Shop on 27 and we'd love for you guys to come out and hang out with us it's a great coffee shop and uh just a great time hanging out with good people uh so definitely come out and check that out we'd love to see you guys there with all of that said thank you for tuning in to the lunchtime live stream and i hope you had a great lunchtime with us we did with you and we will catch you next week we'll see you
Thank you for listening to the Lunchtime live stream. If you'd like to watch the live stream as it's happening, go over to youtube.com slash catalystchristian and join in on the conversation every Wednesday at noon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Catalyst Lunchtime live stream.